Welcome back to Fish for People. This is a podcast put on by Olivet Lutheran Church in Fargo. I'm Eric, and you know him. He's uh, pastoral intern Kurt Peterson. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, good to be here. Or me today, I guess. Um, So you are in your fourth year of seminary. Yeah, that's right. You've been at Olivet for two years now or almost? Nearly two years. Nearly two years. Um, I guess one thing that I think we should talk about is what is seminary? I, we, I know that it's it's school after college, but but what is seminary all about for somebody who is is going through this process? Yeah, uh, yeah. Seminary is a type of graduate school after college, but it's specific for uh, the formation of church leaders. Uh, most people, when they think of seminary, think about people who are becoming pastors, but uh, people who want to be deacons, uh, which is ministers of word and service also go to seminary, and um, they also have uh, Master of Arts degrees for people who just want to um, learn more about church and theology, um, often in other kinds of church professions like um, youth leaders or camp directors or, you know, anyone who might want more theological training in their in their work. Okay. I, I've heard of deacons before, but it's not something, at least around here, that you hear of a lot. What exactly is a deacon? Um, yeah, in the ELCA, we have um, two rosters that they're called. Um, there's the ministers of word and sacrament, which are pastors. Um, it's people who are called to proclaim God's word and to preside over the sacraments of uh, baptism and Holy Communion and to do all the other things you think of pastors as doing. Um, uh, ministry with the elderly and the sick, um, uh, presiding over weddings and funerals uh, and, you know, all the other things pastors do. Um, deacons are a different type of ministry. It's called ministry of word and service. And what they have in common with pastors is that they're also called to proclaim God's word in the world. Mm-hmm. But um, the difference is the service rather than sacrament means that a deacon is called to um, more be doing God's work out in the world. Um, and the call of a deacon can look a lot more varied. Um, uh, one student that I'm in class with um, who's studying to be a deacon um, was originally an architect, and he plans to continue being an architect. But as a deacon, he would um, be shifting the way he does architecture to work with churches in helping um, design or redesign buildings to be uh, more accessible for people with a different range of um, different disabilities, Okay, um, which is something that churches traditionally don't do well because of uh, the way the ADA Act doesn't apply to religious institutions. Right. But um, other deacons are called to do um, administrative work or work with nonprofit organizations or, um, you know, things with like food pantries, feeding the hungry or camp directors or, you know, the, the range of what a deacon does is, you know, all over the place. It's as unique as the individuals who, who do it. It's just a way to be called to ministry when you're not called to work in a church. What is a typical day for you as, as you've been going through seminary? Um, a typical day often includes uh, logging into class and in Zoom in the morning. Um, a lot of classes start at 9 a.m., so being in Zoom for um, about 80 minutes um, and the Zoom classes usually consist of a time in a large group session for a lecture, and then we get divided into small groups to discuss different things, and then back to a large group. And depending on the class and the professor, how much time in each can vary. 
Um, and then Wartburg has a chapel service every morning at 1030 that is um, live streamed and is also um, incorporating participation from people on Zoom as well as people who are in person on campus. So most days I'll log into chapel at 1030. Um, and then uh, the rest of the day, um, there's usually a few more classes at different times. And uh, when I'm not in class, I have to balance my time between um, reading all the stuff I have to read for class um, and doing my work here at the church, uh, preparing for sermons and leading confirmation and Bible studies and all the other things that are part of my responsibilities here at the church. So your days are busy. Yeah. You've got mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of responsibilities between seminary and church and just a lot of things that you need mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, yeah. And in theory, my classes would expect um I think they say two hours of work outside of class for every hour you're in class. Oh. Um and in practice it's rarely that much. So it means a lot of uh skimming readings so that there's more time for assignments because, you know, you can't really, you know, skip through writing a paper the way you can reading something someone else already wrote. Yes, exactly. Now, it seems like a couple of times a year, you actually go down to Wartburg for a a period of time. Is is that like at the beginning of semesters and Mm -hmm. just kind of to meet everybody or or what does that uh, do? Um, Well, at Wartburg, we call it prologue week. It's the first week of the semester, each semester. And it's a time where we build community um, so there's lots of activities that involve uh, spending time with um, the people in the same year as you, the people on the same track as you, um, the people who are um, in certain classes with you. Uh, the classes also meet so that you can learn to, uh, what the rhythms of the semester are going to be like and uh, what the course objectives are, get to know your professors. But um, the focus of the week is really on building community. Um, th- there's time spent with like all the, like this year I'm a final year student. So we had the most recent week I was down there. We had a evening where all the final year students gathered for a meal and some fellowship time together. And uh, we ended up singing some karaoke and having a great time. Um, <laughs> what, it, what's your go-to karaoke song? I, I did Come Sail Away by oh, Sticks. very nice. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I couldn't quite hit the high note, but, and then I found out later they could have pitched it down <laughs> a step and that would have really helped me. But, yeah. uh, yeah. Um, a different time during the week, we had a gathering with all the collaborative learning students. Uh, the program I'm in is called collaborative learning, which, um, has me at seminary for four years of class and serving in a church for the entire time. So as I think a lot of people know, I was at uh, Glendon Lutheran for two years, mm-hmm. um, as, the start of seminary. And then I came here um, to all of it for my internship and to finish out my time in seminary. Um, some of my classmates are on um, more traditional tracks where they have two years of class, a one-year internship without class, and then a final year of class before they can finish their degree and yeah. uh, go out and serve a church. So. How about, what's the percentage of students that are there compared to those that are um, doing all the coursework on online? Um, I, I'd say it varies a little bit from class to class, but in general, I'd say about a third of each class is on campus Okay, and two thirds are, um, out other places and not everyone who's off campus is doing seminary the way I am. A lot of people who are off campus are just what they call a distance learner. So they're still doing two years of class, a one year internship and a final year of class, but 
they never um, moved to Dubuque to do class in person. They might okay. still have a job um, for the first two years and do class when they can arrange it in their schedule. Um, they give options to do class asynchronously, which is what uh, maybe a lot of people would think of for online classes where they would watch recordings of lectures and mm. participate in like a chat room to talk about class rather than a live conversation with other people in Zoom. Okay. Um, so that's still an option for seminary for people who maybe need to work during the day and then um, do seminary almost as like an online night school or something like that. Uh, when you mentioned that, it made me think about um, the number of people that are choosing ministry and going to seminary as a second or maybe a third career. Has that been your experience with some of your classmates? Mm -hmm. I, I would say that um, almost everyone is doing it as a, at least a second career. Really? Um, I, I'd say probably two thirds of people do it that way. Okay. Um, my first year of seminary, I was 39 and I found out that that was the average age for a first year seminary student across all seven ELCA seminaries that really? year. So um, I was I was 39, and there were as many new students that year who were older than me as there were younger than me. So the um, the idea that seminary is something you do right after college is uh, not just not the case anymore. There's maybe a third of my classmates um, started right out of college, and a few of them had a couple years in between. I know several that um, were majors in things like education, and after a few years of teaching in the classroom, decided to go to seminary, mm -hmm. but. I've got classmates that are, um, you know, in their fifties and sixties, um, some that are even traditional retirement age and, um, wouldn't need to work at all, but they felt the call to ministry. So, um, in their retirement, they've gone back to get their masters and, uh, become a pastor. And a lot of them are going to serve in churches that, um, will be able to afford them because they're already set from a first career and, sure. you know, don't need um, to support a family or anything like that, the way a lot of us younger pastors would. Sure. So through your your all the four almost four years of of seminary and the work that you've done here at all of it and at Glendon Lutheran, what are some of the big experiences that have um, had a big impact on you or that you've learned the most from? Um, I think that um, some of the biggest experiences have been. Uh, the different ways that I've been able to collaborate with different people to hmm. do ministry. Um, I think that a lot of seminary is about preparing you to be part of a community and to work with the people in that community. So like here at all of it, um, one um, ongoing experience that I'm part of is a group of men that meets Tuesday mornings for some coffee and some fellowship. Yeah. Um, we meet at 7am on Tuesdays and um, it's been a good chance for me to um, talk and listen with some guys, and it's been a good chance to, I think, help them grow in their ability to um, talk openly about their faith in a way yep. that um, just isn't isn't the norm anymore. You know, it's I think it kind of follows in uh, Jesus' idea of going out and making disciples of all nations, and we can't do that if we don't talk about what we believe and why we believe it. And some of my classes have talked about the importance of just being able to equip people to talk about their faith. And I think that's the work that I've been doing with these guys on Tuesday mornings. Cause when I first started meeting with them, 
I think everybody kind of thought it was going to be more like a traditional Bible study. Oh, yeah. And some of the guys told me, you know, I, I, I go to other Bible studies. I have that kind of stuff other times during the week. I don't need to come to another Bible study. What might be different about this group that would make me want to come to it? And we kind of pivoted to focus on the idea that um, an important part of faith is telling other people what you believe and why you believe it. And when we shifted to that focus for the group, it really kind of changed what the group was about. Um, the guys that show up show up a lot more regularly than before we made that shift. Okay. And I think that I've seen them grow a lot in their ability to talk about their faith and what they believe. And I look forward to being able to do that on a you know, much bigger scale, you know, whenever I'm called to a congregation, you know, out in the world, wherever I'll end up. So, so what is next for you as you, as you wrap up this seminary, what are things that are going on behind the scenes um, to move into the next chapter? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. uh, Throughout seminary, you go through a process called um, candidacy where you're working with your local synod, in my case, the Northwest Minnesota synod, because Mm -hmm. Before seminary, I was a member of Dilworth Lutheran, which is in Northwest Minnesota. So um, throughout all that process, there have been several times where I had essays to write and interviews with people at the Synod. And um, I'm at the point now where um, I've been officially assigned to Northwest Minnesota for my first call. Okay. And they've started to look at what congregations have openings for a pastor and share some of those with me if they think they might be a good fit. And um, I'm able to give feedback on what I think about them. And mm-hmm. um, I haven't had a chance to sit down and talk to any congregations yet, but um, that'll probably be coming fairly soon. And um, hopefully through the process, um, we'll be able to find a place that um, will be a good fit for my gifts and talents that will also be um, a good fit for my family. and. Somewhere where I'll be, you know, what they need in a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of family, little Zeke running around, um, I've noticed in these last couple of years, he's um, he's really gotten comfortable at all of it. And it's so fun to see that. It's so, it's so fun to see the kids just um, exploring and then seeing that comfort level increase in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a little over a year and a half when I was first here. And um, I think the way that everyone here welcomed us. Um, he just felt at home right away. Um, it wasn't too long before he was just running around exploring the building. And it was pretty stressful for Anna and I at first to try to keep oh, up sure. with him and figure out where he was. And um, I got comments from a few uh, members saying, uh, I know one woman said, doesn't your son know how to walk? And I was like, well, yeah. And she's like, because I only ever see him running. Oh, <laughs> so um, and that's how he is here. He just he just yeah. wants to go, go, go. And. Um, yeah, my, um, Anna did a, one of those like Facebook surveys where it has like all these questions you're supposed to ask your kid and then you share the results. And, um, she just did that last night with Zeke and, uh, one of the questions was what's your favorite place? And he said, all of it. Oh, neat. um, I know that it's going to be a a tough transition for Zeke, especially whenever I'm called somewhere, but, um, I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that wherever I end up will be just as welcoming of. Uh, me and of my family as all of it has been, but yeah, all of it is definitely going to be a place that we'll miss and that uh, um, we'll all remember fondly. But I think Zeke especially is going to be asking about Mm. all of it for a long time after we're not, we're not here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
So this is a second career for you. What if somebody is is thinking about that? Uh, somebody listening or somebody watching or, or even like a high school or college student that is just looking for their first career, what 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 steps should they take? Um, well, I, I mentioned a little earlier um, this process called candidacy. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the biggest steps that a person who's even thinking about it, like, I just, I don't know about it. Seminary might be something I want to do, but I need to learn more. Um, there's events called things like Consider Your Candidacy that um, the seminaries put on. Warburg offers them. Uh, Luther Seminary in St. Paul offers stuff like that regularly. Um, and the other five seminaries do too. Um, in addition to that, our um, synod offices in eastern North Dakota and in northwest Minnesota both um, have events from time to time for people who want to know more about seminary. But um, I think the easiest way to find out uh, more about both seminary and all the different processes you go through, um, even to get to the point of going to seminary, um, would to either be call the synod office and talk to the uh, assistant to the bishop that handles um, candidacy and call process, mm-hmm. or to just contact the admissions office at one of the seminaries. Okay. Um, Luther and St. Paul and um, Warburg down in Dubuque, where I go, both have uh, great admissions departments. I attended events on both campuses when I was trying to figure out where I was going to go to seminary. And um, once I visited, it was really clear that Warburg was the right fit for me. Mm. But at the same time, I also could see um, the advantages of Luther and why oh, sure. uh, so many of the pastors around here uh, go to Luther, even though, um, you know, geographically it's the closest, but um, it has a lot going for it too. So yeah, um, there's lots of options for anyone who's looking into that. And um, if you're called to do seminary a different way, um, they also have ways for you to attend a seminary that's not part of the ELCA. And then... Um, still go through the candidacy process. And depending on where you go to seminary, they might make you uh, take a few classes, uh, what's often called a Lutheran year at one of the ELCA seminaries. Oh, okay. But okay. Um, depending on the program, some don't even require that. But um, yeah, so there's no requirement that you even go to one of our seminaries if you're thinking about it. So if there's a seminary that's maybe connected with a college or university that you're going to, um, that's a totally viable option too. And, and again, seminary is not just for ordained pastors. There's there's mm-hmm. other courses that you can take and other degrees that you can get through seminary. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. anyone who's studying to be a deacon, a minister of word and service, um, can go to seminary. And um, Warburg is a little unique in having an actual program for deacons. The, um, the other seminaries, if you're looking to be a deacon, you would get a Master of Arts degree or a Master of Divinity like a pastor gets. Okay. Um, and it might be um, something that you're not thinking about ordained ministry at all. It might just be that um, you do something that has um, some relation to the church and you want to be a little better in your knowledge of scripture and theology and get a Master of Arts degree. Um, and Warburg also offers um, discovery classes, which are a program where pretty much anybody can take one class per semester. It might be limited to one credit courses, which is basically electives. Okay. But um, it's a way to try out what a seminary master level course is like. And um, I know I never did that, but several of my classmates took a few of those classes as part of their process of figuring out if seminary is what they wanted to do. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Kurt, you've been quite a gift for all of it. We were 
so excited when you came and we have uh, loved the time that you've been here um, with, with Anna and Zeke and what you've contributed to the church. So we're going to enjoy these next few months that you're still with us and wish you the best of luck. Yeah, thank you. It's been a wonderful time being here. And um, I think whatever pastor I turn out to be will be greatly influenced by um, having all of you in my life. Wonderful. This is Fish for People, a podcast put on by Olivet Lutheran Church. Please uh, like this, uh, subscribe wherever you're listening or watching, and we will be, um, we'll uh, we'll post another podcast hopefully in in a short time.